There's an army rising up. Come on, rise up. There's an army rising up. Well, there's an army rising up. Yes, there's an army rising up. Yes, there's an army rising up. the Lord. What an awesome night where we get to celebrate. There were people who used to be in Adam and sin abounded in their life, but grace abounded all the more. And now they are in Christ Jesus. And we get to see that tonight through a Christway recovery, graduation, and a water baptism. It is truly incredible to see God at work. We get to see it visually with our eyes, people being raised in newness of life, and it is awesome to see. Praise be to God. Yes, give them praise, church. This is incredible. It's so good to be with you. So good to celebrate with you. I just want to remind you as you leave, you can continue to worship through your giving in our tithe boxes, or you can continue to give online. We're going to say our declaration tonight. Let's say these things together. Lord, today by faith, we declare that we are walking in the manifestation season. As your faithful remnant, we will house your very presence. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and he has delivered us from all of our troubles and fears. We are no longer victims, but we are victors in Christ. We will not be deceived by the lies of the enemy, but we will give health, healing, and wholeness to the hopeless and those in despair. We will live under your anointing and see the revealed purpose of Christ in each of our lives. We declare your everlasting word on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we thank you to be a part of the kingdom expanding here in Popper Bluff and in this community. Lord, we praise you. We thank you, Lord Jesus. And I just pray, God, tonight that we would celebrate what you are doing and just look forward to what you're going to continue to do in our community and in our people. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I said this at our last graduation, and I'm going to say it again. Hell lost another one. So Sadie McCray, she's our third graduate of Christway Ministries, and by far, I ask permission to say this, and by far the most difficult. Um... Um, but with God, nothing's impossible. Amen. That's right. So um, I just want to say just a little thing. But, um, you know, we don't have a Facebook page. I don't participate in social media. <gasps> I don't have a website either. And so sometimes people ask, well, how do you promote the ministry? I don't. God does. Uh, well, how do you pick the ladies? I don't. God does. God ordains each and every lady. So I want to tell a little story about how we got Sadie. Jada, are you here? Can you wave your hand? Yes. Okay. So we, um, there, during the pandemic, uh, our church closed down. And so, and I'm going to tell this quick. Our church closed down. And so um, we, we decided to have church in our backyard. So the Richardsons came over and we had a church service in our backyard. We played praise and worship music 
and we just all came for the fellowship and there was an apartment building behind my house and a young girl and her husband and her kids came out of this apartment building and she actually came down and she gave her life to the Lord in my backyard. And um, so we were able to make a, a connection with this girl. And so she, she asked me, um, can you pray for my mom? Like I have a mom that's struggling. She never told me her mom's name. And so I began, my heart went out for this girl that she had a burden for her mom. And then um, we began to pray for her mother that I never knew her name. Fast forward about a year and a half. I lost connection with the girl. She moved away. I didn't talk to her. The women's center opened. Um, I keep getting this call from this hostile woman named Sadie. And she says, you don't understand. I'm supposed to be in this program. I'm thinking, all right, lady. Okay. Um, come in for an interview. So she comes in for an interview. We do face-to-face -face interviews. And Sadie, um, I ask her permission to say this. Um, Sadie's wearing the, these sunglasses, and that bugged me. I don't know why. It just bugged me. And I said, can you take off your sunglasses? And she said, no. <laughs> I'm like, okay, then. Um, I don't think you're ready for this program then. Uh, so here's some phone numbers for another program. Uh, you go on. A couple days went by, and she kept calling my phone. My goodness, she called early morning and late at night and all throughout the day. She was determined to come to Christway. She said, I don't think you understand. I don't think you heard, but everybody you sent me to keeps sending me back to you because you take the ones that nobody else wants. And she just kept on, and finally she caught me on a good day. And I said, that's it. Please just pack your stuff and come on in, but don't call my phone again. And she came, and as soon as she got there, I thought, okay, God, this is, this is on you. I'll do what you want, but this is on you. And we began to pray for Sadie, and the Lord transformed her right before our very eyes. Some things happened in the program, and I tried to kick her out. I thought it wasn't God's will that she was there, and normally I don't have a problem sending people out if they're not doing what they're supposed to. Sadie was my mean girl, and she just couldn't. She got into a fight. We had a couple other hiccups, and I wanted to kick her out. But every time I tried to kick her out, I couldn't. She gets into a fight, and I call another place and try to send her, and I'm on the phone, and I'm like, she's awesome. She's a hard worker. She is, she really just has a heart for the Lord, and he says to me, then why don't you want her? I'm like, yeah, that's right. Okay, I'll just go ahead and keep her. And a couple weeks after that, the girls, their family actually sends pictures to our phone so that we can print off their family's pictures. And so I opened up my phone where her family had sent a picture, and it was Jada's picture on her phone, the young girl that came down to the church service in our backyard, who we had been praying for her mom for almost two years. So Sadie was ordained by God to come to Christway Ministries. She wasn't taking no for an answer. And because of that, because she was determined, she was a determined woman to get to where she knew she had to be, she stands here today and she's free. She's completely free. So on behalf of Christway Ministries, we want to present the certificate to Sadie. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. God is so wonderful. I mean, he has completely turned me completely around and I was hard head my mama if she here she can tell you I'm hard head I just didn't want to listen but when God gets a hold of you and tell you to stand still and know that I am God you should stand still and know that he's God because if you don't he gonna pull you one way or another and you gonna stand still and you gonna realize that that man above he's the only one that's gonna change your life He's the only one that's going to tell you which way that you should go. So if you're going the wrong way, he's going to turn you around real quick and proper like and put you back on that right path because he turned me around. And I praise God for that because I was going on a path of destruction, going down, down, down. But 
Miss Cassie Queen King over here. She took me in when nobody else would. Yeah, you're crazy. You're just crazy. I did. I bugged her night and day until I got in that program because I knew I had to make a change in my life. I didn't want to continue on that rugged pathway that I was going. I wanted a new beginning. My new beginning begins with the Lord. And he is going to guide me and continue walking with me every step of the way because that's my God. That's all of y'all's gods. He's the one. He's the way maker, the motivator. He's everything to me. So I just praise the Lord that I got a chance to enter into this program. And I will talk and tell everybody I know about this program. Those that are out in the streets, I just ask God to bring those lost souls to the light so they can be saved too. So I just thank God. This is, this is emotional for me because like Cassie had said, the first couple months Sadie was there, I really did not think she was gonna make it. And that's not to be unkind or negative, but I mean, and she will tell you, she wanted out the first couple months too. Her and I have talked about this recently, but you know, the devil did not want Sadie, I call her Sadie Lou, that's not her real name, but Sadie Lou in a, in a place full of Holy Ghost women. She did not want her to get her freedom when, when Sadie walked in the doors of Christway Women's Center, she was very oppressed, and she was in bondage, and she was not in her right mind. And in those first couple months, the devil was really fighting her, and I guess he was fighting Cassie a little bit too, to get rid of her because he knew, he knew what could happen to her. And as those first few months, and she, through the programs, through all the churches, the activities, they go this church she got deliverance she got set free I watched her come into her right mind praise the Lord and she had a couple little bumps along the way when the enemy was trying to throw depression on her and make her feel like she needed to quit she couldn't do it but the Lord delivered her out of all that too and I just want to say if any of you sow into Christway Women's Center anyway, if you sow financially, if you give of your time, if you sow prayers, if you give these women a hug or word of encouragement, this victory is yours too. God didn't just deliver Sadie Lou for her and her family. He did it for all of us so we can see the miracle, wonder, working God. I've always believed that there's no greater miracle than the, than the salvation of a soul, that a person can be turned around and everything. And with Sadie, I mean, I have, I just, I love Sadie and I, I'm going to keep bugging her and make sure that she doesn't get out there where she doesn't need to go. Sadie, I want to say a few things about her. Sadie's a very passionate woman. I mean, if you, if, if you watch a TV show, a game show, play a game with her, you need earplugs. I mean, she just gives it her all. I hope she never invites me to go to a sporting event with her. I honestly don't think my heart could handle it, but she has that passion now for the Lord. As you saw a little bit of it while ago, I thank God that I've got to be a small part of this woman's life. And I do wanna, the Lord gave me, uh, and I feel honored. I feel honored whenever Cassie or one of these women asks me to speak for them, I feel honored. And I don't take it lightly. And I believe the Lord gave me the word new for Sadie. When I look at Sadie, I see new. And Isaiah 43, 19 says, behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God is doing a new thing in her. Um, 
Psalm 43 says, he put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Sadie loves to sing. She loves to sing and she's a good singer, praise and worship team, although she doesn't like to sing in front of people. But God has put a new song in her heart. He's put a new song and that joy and that song shine everywhere she goes. And so now we're going to pray over her. We're going to anoint her with oil. And because, you know, the devil wants her back. We all know that if you've been saved more than five minutes, you know that the enemy doesn't leave you alone and he wants her back. So I'd ask if you all stand as we pray for her, for her protection and that God would be with her.
text for tonight from 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 1 through 4 1 Corinthians 10 1 through 4 and this is what the word of the Lord says moreover brethren I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all of our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Lord, we praise you for what we already have seen in action that you have done and are continuing to do, Lord. And we are excited for your word and excited for this water baptism, Lord. We give you praise because we know this is because 
of you and your love and your power and what you continue to do and have been doing. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Would you give the Lord a great big hand? Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. I'm so excited about the life and the testimony of Sadie. She's just one of the greatest gals. I tell you, what a, what a mighty woman of God. I thank God for the ministry of Cassie and, and that wonderful team that she's got. Amen. Give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. A mar a marvelous. But you know, sometimes we overlook some of the helpers there. And uh, Vicki Holloway's been with the church for many, 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 many years. And I remember when she first come and how that she was called to teach. And she was so nervous about teaching. And she would do it a while and then she'd get to feel like a failure and she'd lose confidence and in those earlier years. And look at the bold woman of God that she has become. What a mighty woman of God, a mighty woman of faith. Vicki, we just love you. You're awesome, girl. Give her another hand praise, amen? We gotta have those kind of women. Hallelujah, thank you, Vicki. Praise the Lord. Woo, I feel like shouting here tonight. Hallelujah. I actually come with kind of a little bit of a, I guess it's more of a devotion than it is a message because we got some baptisms to do here in a few moments. Uh, but uh, what I'm going to be teaching to you is very practical. It's very ABC and most of you know it. There's a little slant though that I want to put into maybe you didn't think about. And, and we're going to talk a little bit about the symbolics of water baptism found here in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 1 through 4. I'm not going to be really preaching I don't think. Uh, you never know with me. I get to feeling it and it gets to itching and then I go off on these rabbits but we're just going to try to give you an order of what we why we do what we do you know for an or, for order, in order for us to understand the many passages of scriptures that's referred to in the Old Testament we got to understand that the Old Testament uh, was was types and shadows of the things that were to come in the New Testament uh, there are many many different symbolics in those scriptures uh, the scripture talk tells us that the Old Testament was actually our school Master. First Corinthians chapter 10 verse 11, the apostle Paul even said that the things that was written in a foretime in the Old Testament was written for our example and our admonition. So we can learn from the law. We can learn from the Old Testament. The apostle Paul made reference to many of those symbolics in our text. Notice he talked about the spiritual rock, the spiritual meat, the spiritual drink. And then he said, and he's referring to Moses and them and going through the, uh, being baptized into the sea and being baptized under the cloud. And he said, uh, that, they, that this spiritual rock, uh, or the spiritual rock, the spiritual meat, the spiritual drink was that of Christ in the Old Testament. And you get to looking at them symbolics, you know that when the manna fell, that was a symbol of Christ. Uh, when the water sprung up, that was a symbol of living water. And you could go on and on and on about the different symbols uh, in the Old Testament that represented Jesus Christ. Uh, he talked about how Israel being under the cloud, which represented Israel being under the shield of God's presence. How many knows that the cloud was the visible, tangible presence of God. That's what they seen. It was not just a normal cloud. Israel was under what we would call divine covering. How many are thankful tonight that we're under divine covering? That we got a divine hedge around us. The cloud represented God's presence in many different ways. The cloud was used to protect the children of Israel. The cloud would, would spread itself over the children of Israel and overshadow them and protect them, first of all, from the hot sun of the desert. When Pharaoh was chasing them. Here's Israel with this cloud of comfort that shaded them while he was out in the hot sun and his troops and everything were being scorched. It would also be used as a manifestation of God's presence for the purpose to lead and to guide the children of Israel to their destiny. The children of Israel would literally see the, see the cloud and they would follow after it as it guided them to their destiny and to their promised land. It was a tangible thing. It was a visible thing, a manifestation that they could literally see and they followed it when it moved they moved when it stopped they stopped and that was a sign that that was the presence of God leading them the cloud not only would guide the children of Israel in the visible form but it also would cause darkness to be upon Israel's enemy this kept Israel safe this cloud was used what we would call as a shield of protection as we see all the different symbolics in this chapter I want us to look and mainly look at verse 2 and, and it says 
and were all, they were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Now notice they were baptized unto Moses. It did not say that they were baptized into Moses, but they were baptized unto Moses. Other words, their baptism brought the children of Israel under the obligation to Moses' law and covenant, which was written upon stone. It was to them a typical baptism. But not only was this children of Israel baptized unto Moses, but it also says that they were baptized also into the cloud and the sea. Now, there are three different things that we see here. They're baptized unto Moses, but they're baptized into the cloud and the sea. What was it that they were baptized into? They were baptized into the presence of God. It was not that Moses that would be their strength. It would not be Moses that would be their shield. It would not be Moses that would be their protector, even though God used him as a great leader. It would be the literal presence of God that would unite together in that baptism that would cause them to be protected. Our baptism here as believers in the New Testament is into Christ. As theirs was into the cloud, ours is into Christ, which was the presence of God, both of them, received, both of us receiving a hedge of protection, both of us receiving a cloud and a shield around them. How many knows that the Lord is your shield and your buckler and your right guard and your high tower? How many understands you got a divine covering, a divine hedge, a shield of protection? Those that are in Christ Jesus, they're protected by the sovereign divine covering of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen to that? This represents our spiritual baptism when we get saved. Just as their divine covering was from an outward sense, ours is from an inward sense. 1 Corinthians 12 and 13 says, for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. That's talking about us being baptized in the body of Christ by faith at conversion. The presence of God converted them and protected them in the wilderness even as the blood of Christ and the presence of the Holy Spirit seals us in our wilderness. That Through salvation, through Jesus Christ, we are protected. We have the seal of the Holy Ghost upon us. The wilderness represents the world that we live in. The Holy Spirit, the presence of God, shields us, protects us, guides us to the promised land even as their cloud did. Aren't you glad that we have the Spirit that leads and guides us into all truth? I won't get into that. But aren't you thankful for the Holy Ghost that leads us at those that are led by the Spirit of God? They're the sons of God. Amen? And even this baptism was unto Moses and brought them into the obligation to the law of Moses, our baptism into Christ causes us to become under obligation to the Christian law and the new covenant of Jesus, and that which is called the new covenant of grace. The difference between the law of Moses is that the law of Moses was written on stone, and then you tried to follow those rules, follow those with the best of the ability that you had within you through the Old Testament sacrifices and all of that, which we won't got time to get into. But under the new covenant, the Bible says in Hebrews 10, 16 and 17, for this is the covenant that I will make with you after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their heart and in their minds will I write them. And their sins and their iniquities, iniquities will I remember no more. Hebrews 8 and 10, it says, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts and I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. Now that you and I are saved by grace through Jesus Christ under the new covenant, now you and I are now no longer trying to serve God in our own ability through the keeping of a law, but by God's divine enablement, he's written the laws of God in our heart and through the passion and the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. We live that out by his strength. Can you say amen? It's a passion that's inside of us. Not only was Israel baptized in the cloud, but they were also baptized in the sea. Now the children of Israel was delivered from Egypt by the presence of God. We know that. Egypt is a type of the world. The word Egypt means worldliness. And even as God by the Holy Spirit delivered Israel out of bondage from Egypt, even so we know that God has delivered us from the bondage of sin and from the present world by the Holy Spirit through the sacrifice and the cross of Jesus Christ. Now that Israel was delivered from Egypt, God told Moses, I will lead you to a land that flows with milk and honey. God began to bring the children 
children of Israel to their chosen called destiny, which was the promised land. But now I want you to know God is going to lead us also to our chosen and called destiny, which is heaven. Aren't you ready for heaven? Aren't you glad that we got a destiny and a promise? But just like the children of Israel, we too have to go through our wilderness journey. We have to go through the wilderness in our lives. But now that Israel was freed from the bondage of Egypt, that did not stop the slave master from pursuing them and going after them. You remember how that Egypt uh, finally let them go because of the different 10 plagues and the last one being the death of Pharaoh's son and all the firstborn of Egypt and so on. And finally he let them go. But then Pharaoh began to pursue them to try to bring them back and put them back into captivity. Pharaoh began to pursue the children Israel in the wilderness, even so, the devil pursues us in our wilderness. It's no different. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter 5 and 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is like a roaring lion, walking about seeking whom he may devour. We know we fight many battles. We know that we go through a lot of warfare as a believer. But now we see that the children of Israel, although they had already been baptized in the cloud, they now are led by the presence of God to be baptized by the sea, which represents water baptism and it was a way of escape it was a way of empowerment notice this I've never seen this about water baptism before but this water baptism is God's ordinance and command and it's not ours I've seen that but it was God that led them through the sea wasn't it not and I'm here to tell you whether you believe in water baptism or not, God commands it that everyone that's been saved, that everyone that's been born again, that everybody's been delivered from Egypt, everyone's got to be water baptized. Amen? That's what Matthew 28, 19 and 20 says. It's the great commission. Go ye therefore and, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. Now, God has shown me something about water baptism that I really have never thought of, and this is what it is. Israel's enemy that possessed the promised land wasn't really afraid of Israel at, the, at their release from Egypt. Matter of fact, Israel had no, had no name for herself. She was known as a weak, frail, fragile, worthless slaves that had escaped from her bondage in Egypt. The Canaanites had heard, according to Scripture, about the release of the children of Israel from their bondage. They understood that they left Egypt, but really they had no reason to respect or even be afraid of them. They had heard how that Pharaoh had begun to chase them and thought that Israel had somehow escaped from their prison and now Pharaoh, one of the strongest military mites on the face of the earth, was going to hunt them down, he was going to catch them, and he was going to take them back into captivity. That's what the Canaanites thought. And this is true also to those of us that get saved. The world doesn't really take us serious a lot of times. Person gets saved, has a testimony, says, man, I got saved last night at church. And they think, yeah, sure. They really don't believe that we are the, rede that we are the redeemed, blood-bought children of God, that we will really possess our land and our promises and they will knock down and storm the gates of hell. They don't believe that. We hear people all the time saying, talk, when talking about new converts, uh, oh, well, that, that won't last very long. Or they'll say, ah, it won't stick. I've seen this before. I give it a couple weeks and they'll get over it. I hear that all the time. The people of this world thinks that the influences of Egypt and the power of Egypt is stronger than the influence and the power of the Holy Spirit to sustain us. Now, come on now. I, I can preach right there a little bit. But when Israel went through the Red Sea, the enemy began to sing a different story. Something happened because not only did God deliver, come on now, Israel from Egypt through the plagues and the signs and wonders but there was a deliverance and an escape that took place through the Red Sea. Amen? Notice what Joshua 2, verse, I love this, and I'll be done in just a few seconds. And Rahab said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land and that your terror is fallen upon us. Now the whole city of Jericho was scared to death and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what he did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts did melt, neither did there remain any more courage in any man because your God, he is God in heaven above and he is God in the earth beneath. 
Hallelujah. And when I seen that, my heart rejoiced. A Rahab, a prostitute, a Canaanite, is now beginning to proclaim and confess with all of the city. The whole city, the Bible says, their hearts didn't melt and their courage left them because they had heard what God done through the drying up of what? The Red Sea, which is a symbolic of water baptism. So what, let's put it together. You see, the Holy Ghost began to say to me, the devil in the world could care less what you profess. I'm a Christian. I got saved last night. The devil could care less. But when you begin to live out what you have received, that makes him fear and tremble. The Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, water baptism is like going through the Red Sea. And when they see you operating in faith and begin to make your faith applicable, your enemies will begin to tremble. And I thought, oh, wow, that is a powerful statement. When we begin to operate in obedience and faith, it's like a miracle is performed in the heavens on our behalf. And there's an outward witness that now they begin to say, like Rahab. You know, when you left Egypt, we didn't pay much attention. When you left Egypt, it, didn't, it wasn't the talk of the town. When you left Egypt, you were just a fragile nation that we thought you would end up being captured again by that great military might called Pharaoh and Egypt's army. But when you come across that Red Sea, and it was dried up, for you and his army was killed and destroyed. You know what kills and destroys the devil's influence over your life is when you dare take a stand and you begin to operate in the faith that you profess and you step out in obedience. It is an outward witness of an inward work that that which was done in you was real. It stuck. It's there. It happened and it's a real thing that God has transformed your life. Oh, hallelujah. So what is it? This is what the people begin to say when people begin to make public their testimony. That's what water baptism is. What is water baptism? It's a public statement. It's a public witness. It's a public testimony. It's saying, hey, water baptism is a symbol of an inward, uh, uh, it's a symbol of what happened inwardly inside of you, that you're buried with Christ. You've been crucified with him and you're raised a new creature. So when you begin to make an open profession of faith through water baptism and you make a public stand, this is what they will say. They will say what Rahab said. This God you serve is real. This thing will last and this is something that will pass because they know that what has happened to you is real. The operating of faith scares the enemy to death. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. When you begin to apply faith to your profession, folks, there's power in it. There's power in that. It will cause Rahab's to repent and be converted and make the enemy be scared. The enemy is not scared of a professor. The enemy is scared of someone who will take what they profess and put legs to it and begin to operate in faith. And that's what these people are fixing to do tonight. Do you know that? Water baptism reflects how much a new convert actually believes in what he's received. If you really have been born again and saved and you've been baptized in the body of Christ, you'll want to be water baptized. Water baptism is a sign of an inward work. It's an outward witness of what's happened inwardly. It's one of the first acts of obedience. And so tonight, when these brothers and sisters come up here, the enemy who's been buffeting them and chasing them in their wilderness is fixing to get a big black eye because when they go publicly into that, that uh, tank, there's an empowerment with that witness. There's an empowerment with that testimony. Why? Because the Bible tells us that out of the mouth of two and three, everything shall be established. And I want to tell you, when they get in, that's still making a witness. And then God's going to make the same witness that he made with his son when he was water baptized because the Spirit of the Lord came down and bared witness of Jesus and in the form of a dove and lit upon his shoulders and said, this is my son in who I am well pleased. There's going to be a new identity. There's going to be a new sign. There's going to be a new witness and they're going to rise up in strength and boldness and the enemy's going to fear and tremble these people that's putting their faith to practice and going on with their faith and living out the principles of Scripture. Can I have an Amen. Amen. We're going to do our water baptism now. I think Melody's going to come up. Let's give our, our, our people a great big hand that's already uh, going to come. Or whoever's coming. Josh is doing it. I thought it was Melody. Jo Melody's a lot prettier. Everybody can I have a witness? 
Amen.